Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Scott, here once again for another broadcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Once again, you can catch this show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, even YouTube. Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. Hope everybody had a beautiful week. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm here on the East Coast. The weather is starting to break. Spring has almost sprung. A little chilly, but the weather's starting to get a little bit better. Today on this show, I want to cover the topic of deception. We're going to talk about deception on today's broadcast. There were a few things that recently popped up in the news that make me want to cover this topic. Before we really get into it, I'd just like to give a shout out, much respect, recognize all those people that have platforms that spoke out against the social media figure named Yes Jules. For those of you who don't know, there's a woman that goes by the name of Yes Jules. She's pretty big on social media. She was on a, another podcast and she was speaking badly specifically on two black females one by the name of karen seville the other one by the name of scotty beam um yes jules is a white woman i'll repeat she is a white woman nothing wrong with that you know she's a white woman but the woman that she was speaking that speaking down upon were two black women and these two black women karen seville and scotty beam they both work in the music industry they like music industry insiders they like work for uh, different labels and do executive work and things like that they help artists with their careers i believe that's their role and this woman yes jules she went on this podcast and she was talking down about these women and other people in and around the music business with with big platforms they stood up for karen seville and scotty beam and that's a that's a sign of black self-respect. That's big. That was positive. I really like that. If I wasn't, let me stop lying. I was familiar with who Yes Jules was because of previous antics she's been responsible for on social media a few years back. I believe some, something, she, like I said, she's a white woman. When people ask what she is, she's like, oh, you know, I'm part Italian and you know, part Irish and part this and part that and part Puerto Rican. She's a white woman. That, that, that's what she is. But previously, um, it was a big deal. Something about her and her boyfriend and some type of, you know, sexual activity got released, some type of sex tape or something. And she, she snapped on black women and said, and I'm paraphrasing, basically, you know, black women don't like me because all black women, you know, are, are after me sexually and said, just various things like that. It was some type of T-shirt she was wearing. And she was like, hey, is it a, a cultural appropriation if I wear this T-shirt? Something, you know, some, something tacky. Something always has to revolve around her talking down on black people, specifically black women. And she, I believe she had did like a freestyle or something like that. And she was dropping like the M-bomb. And again, this is a white woman. And she calling other black people niggas and all type of just tacky trashy activity so i'm glad but that's not my point my my broadcast is not about her my point is i'm just glad to see people with big platforms with big voices step up and take up for karen seville and scotty Bean, two black women who are under attack 
unnecessarily from this individual. Big show of self-respect there. So now that I've done, let me think, do I have any more housekeeping to do? I don't think so. Everybody follow me on YouTube. Follow my YouTube page. Unprocessed underscore knowledge. Unprocessed underscore knowledge. Let's get into the clip and let's really get into today's topic. The FBI has uncovered a giant scam that's been ongoing with universities throughout the country. Apparently, the rich and the famous have been using bribes and other unsavory methods in order to get their children accepted into top-level universities. According to the Washington Post, the alleged crimes included cheating on entrance exams as well as bribing college officials to say certain students were coming to compete on athletic teams when those students were not in fact athletes. So one example is Lori Laughlin, who's an actress. She and her husband used about $500,000 in bribes in order to get their daughters accepted into USC through the crew team. Now, neither daughter is in crew or has ever done anything involving crew, but it doesn't matter. They were willing to, you know, shell out $500,000 to make this happen. Now, um, I'm going to give you more one thing that I do want to differentiate this story from is a long-standing practice with colleges and universities. Obviously, there are uh, legacy, you know, situations where students are admitted into colleges simply because their parents went there. That's a long-standing practice. Another long-standing practice is when, uh, let's say, a wealthy person gives a giant donation to the university, and then, oh golly gee, all of a sudden their kids easily get in. That happened with Jared Kushner and Harvard University. In fact, uh, his parents spent a, a purported 2.5 million dollars on Harvard in 1998. Of yeah. course, Kushner got in, and uh, according to uh, according to one of the administrators there, uh, there was no way anybody in the administrative office in the school thought he uh, on merits get got into Harvard. This person also says his GPA did not warrant it. His SAT scores did not warrant it. We thought for sure there was no way this was going to happen. Then lo and behold, Jared was accepted. So that's legal. No one broke any laws there. Well, yeah, I hear you on that too, and that should be investigated. Mm -hmm. So let me break it down one by one. Anna makes a lot of great points there. Uh, first, okay, so that was big news this week. Wealthy white parents got busted bribing institutions to let their kids into school. That's funny for a bunch of different reasons, but I'm staying on topic. Let's talk about deception. Deception is used as a tactic and one tactic is the perception of having a good background being very smart and earning your way through that's a lot of what i've heard throughout my adult life you, know, you got to have a good background or oh, this person has a good background they come from a good family they're really smart they, they work very hard they earn what they have right and, unless you have rich parents that could buy your way into or bribe your way into certain colleges and universities and certain opportunities, right? <laughs> but let me get back on topic. Come to find out, the FBI has discovered a ring of wealthy parents, 50 of which 50 people have been in charge. 33 of them were parents. 
and they were charged for bribing their kids way into some of the most elite colleges in the country. And I started to think, well, maybe just maybe these children of these rich people are not working harder or smarter or have better test scores. Come to find out some of them just have rich parents who are willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. I believe Lori Lofton, her and her husband, I believe, spent five hundred thousand dollars to get their daughter into USC under the table. Mind you, these are bribes. And they're spending this money to make it appear as though their kids belong at a college they really didn't earn the right to go to. Now, this is something I really want the audience to think about. Now, I say this at every broadcast. I don't do this show to make people think how I think, but I want to make sure you're thinking. And I feel like this is this is something that doesn't get brought up all the time, especially when it comes to these elite schools and universities. There are tons of non-white students, black students specifically, who do work very hard, take out huge loans, and do get in in to these same colleges on their own merit. But they get criticized, and in my opinion, racially profiled, because when people see these black kids in these schools, people like to say, the only reason they're here is because of affirmative action. The only reason they're here is because they're black. The only reason they're here is because somebody wrote a law and th- that just let them slide. And we've heard this before. When truth be told, it has been proven time and time again. There is no affirmative action like white supremacy. That's the real affirmative action plan. And side note, while I'm on it, I hope you guys remember a few years ago. A white woman sued the University of Texas because she said she was being discriminated against because she was white. Let me look this up real quick because my memory went into the Abigail Fisher. Everybody Google her. Abigail Fisher in 2008. This is an ancient history. This is 2008. President Obama was in office. Abigail Fisher, who was who was a white woman sued the University of Texas at Austin for race discrimination. The reason she did this is because the school rejected her and she blamed its affirmative action program, which is that word again, affirmative action, which considers race and ethnicity in a holistic review of certain candidates. So she sued the school because she said, The only reason they didn't let me in is because they have affirmative action and they have to have so many black students and a black student took my spot and they don't belong to be there. But come to find out. She didn't get in because her grades weren't good enough. I believe they called her Becky with the bad grades. It it got revealed that she had an SAT score of 1180, less than 1200. Now, if you know anything about SAT scores. 1180, you're not really knocking it off the park. 1180 really isn't that great. But she actually sued the school in a case that went all the way to the state Supreme Court. So she took her little racist views all the way to the Supreme Court with an 1180 SAT score and had the nerve to say affirmative action is the reason. 
a non-white person, specifically a black person, took my spot at this school and it's not fair and that I'm being discriminated against because I'm white. That was her claim. Now, I would take this situation and I will file that under even more evidence of when the system of white supremacy doesn't work. White people sue and take it all the way to the highest court in the land. That is what it means to be white in America. Think about that. And when they talk legacy policies that some of these schools have, just just in case uh, you missed it in the clip, you weren't paying attention, certain colleges and universities, they have what they call a legacy policy, meaning if your father went to Harvard, it makes it look it makes it easier, a lot easier for you to get into Harvard. If your father and grandfather and great great grandfather went to Harvard, then it makes it a whole lot easier because they, they don't want to deny you. They call that the legacy policy. And I don't think a lot of people know that with these legacy, if you ever been to college, which I have, there's a lot of forms you got to fill out besides the application. You got to fill out. Well, even within the application, it's more than just your grades and your SAT score. It's who are you? What's your background? What are your hobbies? All, all t- you know, you got to get recommendations from teachers, all types of things you got to fill out, all types of forms, all type of questions they ask you. They want all types of rec- recommendations, character recommendations, all types of things you have to get when you apply for college. It's, it's a very tedious process. At least it was when I was going uh, applying. Maybe the power of the Internet maybe has streamlined a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't been to college in a while. But if you're a legacy kid, a lot of that stuff you don't even have to do. A lot of those forms and questions and character reviews and recommendations, a lot of that stuff you don't even have to get. So it makes the process a whole lot easier if you could check check that box and say, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I qualify for the, for the legacy program. Deception. When they talk of legacies policies, I want people to think of that in the term of being basically another word for saying white privilege. It's not the legacy policy. It's the white privilege policy. Why well, do I say this? Most black families really can't or in America really didn't come from generations and generations of wealth and privilege. Most black families didn't. So when they talk about legacy policies and generations of wealth and privilege, that's almost 100 percent of the time you're talking about white a white family. These policies were put in place to keep these schools rich and white. That's the point. If you're rich and you went to Harvard and then you want to send your son to Harvard, I'm the, the university is going to go ahead and assume you're still rich and they know you're white. These policies were put in place to keep these schools as white as possible and as rich as possible. They don't want nobody else in there but rich white folks. That's the point. And we all know this. We've all heard stories about certain families giving tens of millions of dollars to certain institutions. They got libraries built after them. They got buildings named after them. Of course their kids are going to go there. You think the school's going to tell them no? Let's think about this. These wealthy parents were bribed. (laughs) Spending all types of bribes under the table, they were bribing SAT proctors. 
they were bribing school administrators. They were bribing school coaches, bribing anybody they can find, spending tens and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their children within school. These kids going to go to these schools, party for four years, not learn anything because they know their degree is bought and paid for. There's no way in the world you, you are going to under the table pay somebody half a million dollars if you think there's even a slight chance your daughter isn't going get to get a degree. Of course, they're going to sleepwalk through that school for four years, do whatever they want to do, and they're going to get a degree at the end of four years. They're going to get a degree, and when they leave Harvard or Princeton or Yale or Berkeley or USC or Georgetown, they're going to leave this school and walk into a six-figure job. They're going to walk into a, a six-figure job. And I'm talking. I'm not talking about the low six figures. I'm talking about the mid six figures. They're going to walk in that job at 22, 23 years old. And then they're going to be looking at black people like, well, what's wrong with y'all? Why y'all complaining? How come you didn't go to Georgetown like me? How come you didn't go to Princeton like me? How come you didn't go to Yale like me? Well, because my parents, you know, didn't bribe, spend a half million dollars in bribes to lie, (laughs) to make it look like I somebody I wasn't, to make it look like I earned all this on merit. And I really didn't. And that's really the point. We got to be smart out here, people. We really got to be smart. I I figured when this story broke, this was really the evidence I needed. But I always knew these rich kids weren't as smart as they was making them out to be. I don't care what type of private school they went to. They go to these private schools and goof off, too. They go to these private schools and get drunk and get high and do all types of crazy things. Kids ain't, ain't super smart. They really not. Their parents got money and they got status. And it just looks that way. And stop bleeding. Just don't believe these lies. We can't fall for it. We really can't fall for it. And this is just further evidence of this happening. Another thing I wanted to get into as far as deception is concerned, I have one more clip. I'm not going to be with you guys too, too long. I don't like overstaying my welcome with you guys. I know this show, we talk about a deep subject. And you, you can only talk about a really serious, deep subject for so long before people tune out. So I really want you guys to concentrate. I really want you guys to listen. I really want you guys to think. So I'm going to play the last clip. I'm going to get my thoughts on it, and we're going to get out of here. Hold on one second, guys. Gotta say to white America, uh, bravo. You guys have pulled off the world's greatest Jedi mind trick on society. Because this notion that black men are to be feared, and black men and black people are scary, is hilarious to me because historically speaking white people you guys have been the most dangerous motherfuckers on the planet you wiped out the indians you kidnapped niggas you repressed us for 400 years we get beat by the judicial system we get beaten killed by the cops cam newton is a thug but yet you've seen videos of him giving shoes and things away to people in wheelchairs and he's got a great smile the most least non-threatening dude ever when it comes to that stigma, that black people are to be feared, that is the biggest hypocrisy on the planet. Historically, y'all have been the most dangerous motherfuckers on the planet. Okay, that clip, courtesy of DJ Vlad, that was Aerie Spears. I don't know if I gave my first clip credit. The first clip you heard earlier was courtesy of the Young Turks. Let's get into it. I agree with everything Aerie Spears just said again. That's a deception tactic. 
let's put it in context of the day. We all know what happened historically. Let's put it in context of the day. I don't think it's a coincidence that most states in America that have open carry also have these stand your ground laws. In most states, these things go hand in hand. I think that's a tactic that white people are using to just openly murder black people and get away with it. I don't believe white people are afraid. I don't believe white people are so scared for their lives every time, you know, they, they get in, in a verbal or minor confrontation. Sometimes not even a confrontation with a black person. I just don't believe white people are scared. Point blank, period. Never believed it. Like every spirit said, they destroyed the Native American Indians. They kidnapped us, brought us over here, tortured us for 400 years, put us through Jim Crow. <laughs> and <laughs> you see who's president right now. We in Jim Crow 2.0. We up under that oppression. You don't be you're not able to rule over and dominate other groups of people for hundreds of years by being afraid. They're not scared. That's a tactic they use. They pretend to be scared so they can unleash their oppression on you and hide behind a false narrative that I was afraid. This happened not too long ago. I forget the state. I forget if it was. I think it might have been Florida or Texas, one of these southern states. Not too long ago, a woman pulled into a parking spot and black woman pulled into a parking spot, I believe at a liquor store. I believe her husband ran in to purchase something. And there was a older white man yelling at this woman about this parking spot. The, the husband came out, seen this guy yelling at his wife and he pushed the man. After he pushed the man, the man pulled out a gun, shot him and killed him. Point blank period. The police chief basically said, well, hey, we got we got stand your ground laws here. We got um, the open carry here. Legally, the man was in his rights to do what he did. Deception. It came to find come to find out. I believe the owner of that liquor store says that man stands in that parking lot all the time, yelling at people, harassing people. And the reason he was doing that it was to goat somebody. He wanted to goat a black person into a physical confrontation so that he can shoot and kill him. That's deception. That's hiding behind. I'm feeble. I'm weakened. I'm a jump in your face. And as soon as you do something, Oh my God, I'm so scared. Let me pull out my gun to shoot you. That's the only thing I know how to do that. That was his plan. The whole time was to kill a black person. We got to you be smarter out here. Black people. We got to use tactics. I would like for all my listeners. I would like you to, one thing we have to do as a people, we can't be so emotional all the time. We have to think because your enemy is thinking. That man went to the liquor store or that white man went to the liquor store armed with a gun, hoping he can get in a confrontation so he could shoot somebody. That black man, he just went to the store just to go buy some liquor. He, he didn't come for, for a gunfight. He didn't come there for that. So you got to think. Usually, like unless you're the only black person in the room or the black person in your town or whatever usually white people not going to jump up in your face with confrontational energy unless one of two things number one they got numbers because white people are very strategic and they know their safety in numbers like i said if you're like the only black person in the room or in the store or, or whatever may, maybe you'll, you'll get that 
because they'll feel like they're they're in a safe space and they know all they got to do is call the cops and make any type of lie and they will leave it. Or number two, they're armed. They're armed and they know they could pull off their weapon, use it on you and, and like I said, make up a lie and get away with it. And sometimes they may not even have make up a lie. If you're in Florida and you get into a physical confrontation and you know you end up putting your hands on someone, they could just pull out a gun, shoot you, or not even put 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 not even put your hands on them. They could just make up any type of lie, say they were scared for their lives and they did what they had to do, and they'll go home and you'll be dead. The enemy uses deception as a tactic to rule over you. Gotta be careful out here. We gotta be smart. This has been the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. I want you guys to be safe out there. I want you guys to think. If you think this broadcast is is interesting, if you think it's good, if you think it's constructive, if you think it's worth something, if you like listening to it, hit the like button, repost, share with a friend, subscribe. It's not going to cost you anything. The way podcasts work, it's all metrics. It's all numbers. The more subscribers, the better. Listeners are cool, but... Hey, subscribe, tell a friend if you want to support the show even further. My work, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy is available on Amazon.com. I'm on YouTube. You can go to the YouTube. You can subscribe to that. I'm uploading broadcasts to the YouTube now. A lot of people like like to con- consume this broadcast through YouTube. So I'm going to give you what you asked for. Also, my Patreon. So I have a Patreon. The link to that is in my YouTube. Patreon. Uh, if you want to donate through Patreon, look for Unprocessed Knowledge on Patreon. Thanks a lot, guys. Everybody be safe. See you next broadcast. Y'all have been really good. So, and now we know. Now we know why we want to limit debate. Yeah. Well, Matt, make a comment. Matt, comment. Quickly. I'll be as quick as I can, as quick as it takes to kill somebody, I guess. You want me to be that quick. But, you know, as uh, Miss Fletcher pointed out, and it doesn't take much to look on the local news every night and see how many black kids, black boys, black men are being killed with these stand-your-ground defenses that these people raise. Then they get off. So I take issue with that. I'm the only person here of color, okay? I am a mother, too. And I have a son. And I care as much for my son as y'all care for y'all's. But my son doesn't walk the same path as yours does. So this debate deserves more time. I'm in Pine Bluff. We have killings regularly down there. Mr. Hunter knows he's our prosecutor. Now, I don't know where the heck, I know where you are from, Gary. And I don't know really where Mr. Ballinger is from. But I can tell you that for a long time since I've been back here in Arkansas, I have feared for my son's life. Now, he's 27, he's out of Arkansas. And I thank God he is when you're bringing up crap like this. It offends me. And then to limit the debate too? This is crazy. You don't have to worry about your children, Will. I 
I worry about my son. And I worry about other little black boys and girls. And people coming into my neighborhood, into my city, saying they got open carry rights, walking down in front of my doggone office in front of the courthouse. That's a bully. Do I have a right to stand my ground with some crazy-ass person walking around with a doggone gun? I don't know what the hell he intends to do. But I know I am scared. I feel threatened. Just like some of y'all walking around here up in the legislature with these damn guns. That What's his name? Garner came in here walking around here with a damn gun in his, under his coat. You can see the damn print. Senator, you need to stop. Talking. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. What the hell are you going to do? Shoot me? Senator. Senator, shit. Go to hell. I'm telling you, this deserves more attention. You want to come up here with all these little uh, NRA bills and bills that Alec have and all that stuff. I'm talking about my son's life. And I'm talking about the lives of other black kids. Do what the hell you want to do. Go ahead, but you can't silence me.